بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الوهن وأكرمني بنور الفهن اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن أذنك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين with respect to the aims of Islamic education, Alhamdulillah, we have managed to study some aspects of this topic with respect to information, knowledge, and understanding. Then we talked about the desires and orientations. Then we talked about some of the major practices and in particular we focus on Salat and Charity and in this session we want to talk about some moral qualities. This issue of moral qualities is very much also related to the issue of desires and orientation because many of those things can be also considered as equality. If you remember, we had discussion about hadith We said there must be deep commitment to truth. So this can be also considered as a quality. So sidq can be also a quality, but also can be your approach to life. We said truthfulness seems to be the most central value. Not only to accept the truth whenever you find it, whenever you are presented, but also to look for truth. You know, when you know your body needs water, you don't refuse if someone gives you water. And even you don't sit till someone brings you water. You go everywhere to find water. Truth is more important than water. Because truth is something that can help us in life of our spirit in the function of our aql if you have something that helps you with your body and something that helps you with a spirit and aql which one is more important a spirit and aql is more important it's like for example if you have uh, something that can help the king and ministers and something that can just help the doorkeeper. Our body is like doorkeeper. The king is Aql. Yes. How, when, we, when we're looking for the truth and we find something that we think is the truth, how do we know that is the truth? Through logic, reasoning. What is the reason for it? We say, 
نحنو ابنا الدلیل نمیل و حیس و یمیل We are followers of reason We go by reason I follow something based on reason If you can prove that my reasoning was wrong or you have a better reasoning I follow your reasoning So a mu'min should not be rejecting truth A mu'min should not be even indifferent to the truth A mu'min should be looking for the truth And please remember Truth has its own value The value of truth is not coming from the one who is saying it It's like a jewelry Even if a bad person has this jewelry The jewelry has its value Yeah If someone is your friend or your enemy It doesn't matter If you know that what that person says is true So We should be happy to accept the truth Even if it comes from our enemies A sign of good mu'min A sign of a person who is rational Is how much he is or she is happy To accept the truth from other people Good opinions of other people It is true that In the Quran, in Islam We have Unlimited knowledge We have what we need But this doesn't mean that we as person We don't need anything else And you know, sometimes people say Because we have everything in Quran We don't need to learn from other people No Actually to even understand the Quran We need to learn <coughs> We have to be open For learning We have to be actually willing for learning. When Rasulullah said, So there is no limit. The only thing is, we have to be careful with respect to those sources of knowledge that might have problems and you might not be able to discern. You know, you can buy meat from every butcher If you know it is good meat, it's halal, it's healthy But when that butcher has other problems If you are a person who can check the hygiene And can check you know, halal requirements, no problem But if you cannot check, then that's another issue So we don't advise every person with lack of knowledge And experience and expertise To endanger himself by trying every person and everywhere But If that's not an issue and you are able to discern, so even take it from any person who may not be a good person. Okay. So truthfulness is very important. In akhlaq discussions, when we have more detailed discussion about akhlaq, we say that truthfulness as a quality has no exception. Truthfulness as an action, like telling the truth, may have exceptions. This is a very important point. No virtue as virtue has exception. 
But what you do as an act out of that virtue can be sometimes admitting exceptions. For example, if by telling the truth, I am disclosing secrets of people. I am a doctor, I am a scholar, people have t told me their confidential things. I cannot say I want to tell the truth. You, you don't have the right to tell the truth about secrets of people. Or if there is a person who is innocent and someone is after him to kill him, I cannot tell him the truth and where he's you know, living or hiding so that that innocent person would be in danger. This is truthfulness as an action, like telling the truth. But when it comes to the quality of sadaq, the quality of truthfulness, you have to be always equipped with that quality. So, there might be people who tell the truth, but they are not truthful. There might be people who are truthful, but sometimes they have to keep silent. Okay? Therefore, the Quran says, Munafiqeen, although they may tell the truth, they are liars. Although this particular statement was right, was true, but they are liars because they don't have that virtue of truthfulness. Opposite to this is a person who is truthful, but maybe sometimes he has to keep silent. Or sometimes maybe he has to do Torah. You know Torah? You say something that has two meanings and you mean what the other person doesn't understand. Or, you know, there is Ma'na Zahiri, he understands that man. The same is with generosity. Generosity as a virtue, as a quality of the soul, has to be always there. But sometimes you see a person is becoming lazy. So you don't give him anything. So you don't show generosity as an action. But as a quality, still you have to be generous. And sometimes also maybe that person needs money and it's a genuine case. But you don't have anything to give. Still, you are generous. You know, you can be generous, but you have nothing to give. Generosity is not a matter of necessarily giving. It's a matter of your quality of generosity. You want to give, but sometimes you don't have, or sometimes there is no one to give. So, what is the test? How can you understand when you don't give? Whether you are a generous person who doesn't give or you are not a generous person and you are just trying to find an excuse. Or a truthful person who may not tell the truth, keep silent. 
or a person who is not truthful, what's the difference? So you are not giving something. So what intention? There's no intention. What do you mean by intention? We are not doing anything. But in other situations, you might be doing the yeah, so everyone sometimes does, sometimes doesn't. Mm -hmm. So how you can... Maybe you can explain intention further. You know, a generous person, if he is not giving for any reason, feels bad. Yeah? A miserable person, when he's not giving, he feels good. Alhamdulillah, I didn't have to give. <laughs> yeah? Father? Yeah, I, I don't remember. Maybe. So, or if you are truthful and for some reason you have to keep silence or you have to do Torah, you feel bad. You don't enjoy. So, Salami, one of the qualities of movement is he may make mistakes. Movement may even commit sins sometimes. Okay, maybe. But Mu'man never feels happy when he commits sin. Mm. You know? So, it's uh, always with broken heart if he commits a sin. If, na'uzubillah, someone commits a sin and feels not, no problem at all, then this person in that time is not Mu'man. And this can be very worrying. Maybe he's no longer movement at all. So, when you have a quality, quality has no exception, but actions can be different. You have to check. You should not be that, you know, simple-minded that you say, because I am truthful, I have to tell truth to everyone. Because I am generous, I have to give money to everyone. I am brave, so I have to fight always. You have to be brave, but sometimes a brave person has to be silent, has to be patient. It's not that, you know, because you're brave, you know, you look for opportunities to show your bravery. Yeah? Amir al-Mu'mini for 25 years, was just patient. And we believe that this bravery is actually more difficult. When people expect you to do something, especially if you have a history and record of being brave, and then you have to keep silent. This is more difficult. When Imam Hassan salam accepted peace, treaty with Muawiyah, 
I think that's one of the bravest decisions that a leader can take. Especially if a ma'asum accepts peace treaty with someone like Muawiyah. This is one of the bravest decisions any person can do. If Imam was going to fight, Muawiyah was not as brave as this. And you know that what even your own people are going to do with you. And still, because this is for the interest of Islam and Ummah, you make this decision. No one should think Imam Hassan was less brave than Imam Hussein. It's not like that. So, this is a general point about qualities. Among qualities, we have many qualities to consider. And alhamdulillah, you had classes on akhlaq here. So we don't need to repeat all those qualities. Basically, you know that we can divide those qualities into different categories. The qualities that relate to ourselves, the quality that relates to our relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with other people, with environment. There are different types, or you can divide them into personal and social qualities. But the main thing, as we watched in that lecture that we had, is, in my understanding, truthfulness and trustworthiness. If truthfulness and trustworthiness are there, other good qualities would come. You might have, might have heard the story of that person who had lots of problems. And he went to Rasulullah for advice. Rasulullah told him something in this line that try to behave in the way that you don't need to tell lies. He thought it's very easy. He said, justice? Rasulullah said, yes. So, he thought, okay, he can keep doing everything, just he shouldn't tell lies. But then, whenever he wanted to do something, he thought that I cannot avoid telling lies and do this. Because, for example, if Rasulullah asked me, have you done this? I cannot say yes. This is not something that I can take the, undertake the responsibility of it. So anything that is wrong comes actually from lacking truthfulness. This is why in Hadith we have, if you put all the bad things in one place and lock it, the key is Kesb. So Kesb gets you into the room in which all the bad things are there. Yes? What I very much love is to see that our children and students would never tell lies. Of course, there might be very, very special cases in which fiqh tells us, for example, there is something great that you have to not to tell the truth or maybe even sometimes Islam allows 
telling lies, sometimes very narrowly defined. For example, two groups of people are fighting. I have to bring reconciliation. In order to avoid fighting or separation between people, it might be possible to say a lie. Okay? But these are clearly defined. It's not that for everything we say, oh, there is a maslahat, you know, there was something good in it. No, these are to be learned from fiqh. But the quality of truthfulness, that has no exception. If our students are known for their truthfulness and trustworthiness, which is very closely connected, I don't think then we would have any problem in giving a good representation of ourselves. Everyone loves people who are truthful and trustworthy. Imagine if we live in a town, if we live in a neighborhood at least, that people say, these people are truthful and trustworthy. Respect comes to you. Even if you are thinking about business, business comes to you. If they want to choose someone to represent them, they come to you. If they want someone to intermediate between them, they come to you. Why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was very outstanding in being Amin. Why? I was thinking about this. For example, he could be very well known for his generosity. He could be very well known for his bravery. Many things. Why? Why? To be honest and trustworthy. Then I came to this conclusion that because these are the greatest qualities that anyone can have, especially if a person wants to later become a prophet, a leader, the best thing that a person should have is honesty and trustworthiness. And these people, even before Islam, they knew him as honest and truthful. And even after Islam, this is amazing. Before Islam, they knew him as Amin is great. But I think even after Islam, they still believed in him as Amin is greater. Because later they became enemies. In the past, they were not enemies of Rasulullah. They were respecting him as a member of their community who has noble origin, noble character. But later when they became enemies, still... They didn't question his amana. And 13 years after beginning of Islam, when Rasulullah is migrating to Medina, still he had some of trust of the people of Quraysh, people of Mecca with him. This is amazing. And we should all try to reach this point. This is not good if we tell lies and then we lose not the trust of our people. Even if we lose the trust of our enemies. It's not good. 
Our enemies should trust us more than they trust themselves. If we are Mu'min. They should know that there is no way that we betray with respect to trust. So, so, inshallah, we should focus on honesty, truthfulness, among other qualities. But because we don't have time, I don't mention all those qualities. Alhamdulillah, you had sessions on akhlaq. I want to mention one more point. Yes. Yes. For everything that I said in this course, we need now to work on making plans. It doesn't just come by having it on a piece of paper. The first thing is to know the value, the importance of these things. My aim was to make you aware and somehow sensitive about these issues. But then you, and inshallah, I can also help. We need to work on each of these things coming into our syllabus, coming to our classroom, coming to our activities. And these are the things that also we should evaluate our students and ourselves based on these things. So we should have, in addition to evaluation of their information through exams and papers, we should have email evaluation of their traits of character. This is something that we have to work on it. Okay, so I don't go into other qualities because the time is very limited. I want to end with something that we already touched sometimes on it. And inshallah, after this, uh, then we would have two sessions to discuss how we can bring Salat and charity into a school. One of the greatest things that we have to achieve, and again we had it in the lecture on aims of Islamic education, is that they should have this quality this approach that they would not be people who are concerned only about themselves. People who are just working by themselves. I don't know how do you feel. I feel, unfortunately, most of us, maybe I am wrong, inshallah I am wrong. Most of us find it much easier to do things on our own. And we don't find anything wrong in that unless we fail or we are not able to do something. To work together is not our first option. The way we have been brought up is 
you do things on your own. Even when it comes to community efforts, yes, everyone has some personal things that can do on his own or her own. But our general approach to life should be collective approach, should be communitarian approach. We are not able to be isolated from each other. And if this problem is already there with the advancement of modern culture, liberal culture, which is based on many things, including individualism, it becomes even worse. It becomes even worse because now even the people who used to do things together now are becoming separated. Even families are being divided or people are not even prepared to marry. So one problem is that some people don't appreciate you know, working together, living together. Unfortunately, some people just think about themselves. Yeah? Even you can see in your children, for example, maybe your brothers, sisters, family, friends. Sometimes you see people, they seem nice people when you look on the surface. But when you examine more carefully, you see they only think about themselves. Even, you know, they look at other people like means. Maybe to some extent we all suffer from this, but at least I think we understand that this is not good. But some people even don't understand that this is bad. So, we have to work hard, actually extra work today, to gain this quality of collectivity, which is, in my understanding, the core of Vilaya. Vilaya is unfortunately not understood properly. Vilaya is the core of Islam. Vilaya is not a part like other parts yeah you can be a muslim without wilayah you cannot be a muslim without salat if you deny salat if you deny hajj if you deny i don't know tawheed you are not a muslim yeah because this is something obviously known but if someone denies wilayah he is still a muslim wilayah is not part like other parts. Velaya is the heart, is the spirit, is the life. Without Velaya, we are not saved from misorientation. Man mata wa lam ya'rif imama zamani mata mitatal jahiliya. But, 
even most of Shia have not understood the core of Belaya. We have the core of Islam, which is Belaya, but we don't have the core of Belaya. The core of Belaya is our relation with each other and then Imam and Prophet and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You cannot have Vilaya among a scattered people, divided people. Vilaya is like a thread that connects all the beads of the tasbih. If that thread is not there and you have very good beads, if you have very good bricks, but no structure, what's the point? You know, sometimes I say, unfortunately, in many places, our situation is just like bulk community. You know, you have 1,000, 2,000, 10,000, 100,000 people in the same town. But it's like bulk of materials. No organization, no connection, no distribution of tasks, no leadership, no real sympathy. Everyone tries to be good on his or her own. I mean, good people, of course. But it's not enough. We are bricks, and our value comes when these bricks are put together. Otherwise, if I have one lorry, or three lorry, or ten lorries, bricks here outside, unloaded, what can I do? It's actually sometimes troublesome. Yeah, when community increases in number but not in unity, it can bring more challenges. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, people think that it's a success, it's a sign of progress that we have more individuals or more centers but I don't think it's necessarily a sign of success I never forget once I visited a community in Canada and they said we have Alhamdulillah in Muharram 14 Urdu Majalis in this area and in my heart, you know, I said, I don't know, should I be happy or I should be sad? Do you have 14 majalis because every previous majalis was packed and no space? Then you had to open a second majalis. And then you considered distance, so you divided, for example, all the area into 14 areas so that everyone has access. 
or just because I couldn't get, you know, aligned with you, I opened my own majlis. So to have 14 majlis by itself is not a sign of success. It can be, and it can be a sign of failure. So if we have, I don't know, 50, 60 centers in London, it can be a sign of success and progress. It can be a sign of, of course, failure as well. You don't just decide by quantity. Many years ago, I think it was 2004, I think, in my first visit of Canada, I had an interview with a Catholic TV channel. And he asked me about the increase of the Muslim population in Europe, 2004. And I said with full honesty, I'm not actually becoming very excited if the number of Muslim is increasing in Europe. For me, it's important what type of Muslims are coming to Europe and what type of other people are in Europe. I don't look at these things just by statistics and names. The main thing is good people should be in Europe. Good Muslims are there, alhamdulillah. Good Christians are there. But the main thing is to be good. Not just be Muslim and then we don't bother whether they're good or not. There are Muslims that we wish they never come to Europe. <laughs> it's not that, you know, there are Muslims that we wish they just stop their nonsense and, you know, bad things. So we cannot just look at statistics and quantity. Quality is important. And a great part of quality is unity united believers can think of having velaya. Divided people cannot say we have velaya. There are many things about this. If you are interested, inshallah, follow my lectures on collective nature of velaya and also a lecture I had in my last visit in Brampton, in Masumin Center. I can send you the link about how to move forward in building a community. Uh, it's uh, available and was given in March uh, this year. Yes, inshallah, we, I can send you the link. So please, among many things that you have concern, have a great concern for giving them this approach. They should have readiness for unity, working together, thinking together, planning together, sharing with each other their resources, sharing with each other their joy, sympathy. If as a child, as a teenager, we instill in them this approach, then inshallah later they will be together. They would have Success in every area. This is very important. Okay, we, I stop here now. And inshallah, after a break, inshallah, we continue with the practical sessions. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alam.